You are now listening to the NerdWords Podcast, brought to you by UtilityMuffinLabs.com. If you know your party's extension, please dial it now. Press 1 for customer service. Press 2 for podcasts. Press 3 to check on an order. Welcome Press to four. another episode of the NerdWords Podcast. I'm Nathan. Oh, what was that? I'm Nathan. Who are you? Well, I'm not Bob. Unfortunately for all of us. Yeah, so where's Bob? Don't worry, nothing bad's happened. Bob just is moving. Mm -hmm. He's uh, not able to record this podcast. And that's okay. Every once in a while, a person deserves a week off. That's right. Ain't nothing wrong with that. So hopefully you're not too dead set on only hearing Nate and Bob. If you are, maybe this isn't the podcast for you. But, uh, yeah, so this week it's just me and Rachel in the same room. Sorry, everyone. Doing it again. One time. One time. So, uh, yeah. You didn't need me to echo that back at you. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. That's all right. (laughs) So, a couple of things that we did over the weekend. Nerdy things. Yeah, last couple of days. So... First and foremost, Mm. I just want to let everybody know, Mm -hmm. if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, I enjoy listening to Nate and Rachel, well, as it turns out, on the very same website that this podcast is originated from, there is a podcast that the two of us do together. It's true. It's called Playing Hooky or the Playing Hooky Podcast. And uh, by the time you hear this, it might actually be available on iTunes. It's possible. And if you don't like hearing podcasts with just Rachel and Nate... Or Nate and Rachel, same thing. Uh, then maybe just turn this off <laughs> and go spend your time doing something else. Uh, and uh, yeah. All right. So um, without further ado, mm. um, what what uh, what are we talking about in this episode, in this podcast, in this very nerdy nerd words? Yeah. So I think that probably in theme with the vampireness. Vampiricity. Vampireness. Vampireness of this podcast. A cool thing we could chat about that was super nerdy that we both really had a lot of fun at was this weekend we had the opportunity to do something we've never done before. I can honestly say I've never done before the thing we did this weekend, which was see a movie on the big screen that came out, I think, around the time I was born maybe <laughs> well, well that's not that's actually um that's an inaccurate statement on your part yeah maybe, it came out later than no that. no uh you've seen a movie that came out around the time you were but probably. not this specific no movie. no you haven't seen this movie specifically yeah. and also i haven't seen it either so we yeah. went we went and saw the lost boys mm-hmm. um and uh, we went and saw uh kind of like a different version of it mm-hmm <laughs> Which we weren't prepared for, <laughs> I don't think. Right. But we went to, so let's set the stage. So um, Nate saw, I think I was Facebook, you saw that there was an event. And yeah. this event was that The Lost Boys was going to be in theaters for one night only at the IMAX at the Indiana State Museum in Indianapolis, Indiana. And he was like, oh my gosh, do you want to go see The Lost Boys in the theater? And I was like, heck yeah, I do. I love that movie. And uh, something that we both really loved and vampire related. And it was very cool. We were very excited to go do it. What we weren't really aware of was that, the initially anyway, was that the movie was being shown as part of a convention that was yeah. going on in town. Yeah. And Indianapolis is like 
all of a sudden in the past five or six years, maybe longer than that, and I just wasn't aware, it's like convention central. So we just came off at Gen Con the first week of August, and now there's a horror convention in town, horror convention in town, uh, called Horror Hound. And we saw all kinds of people cosplaying, and we kind of wanted to go, but we just didn't yeah. really have time that day because it was just a short thing and Neat had to work. And also we spent all of our fun money at Gen Con. Uh, so we were like, well, we don't need tickets to go to the convention to go see the movie. So we're just going to go see the movie. So I'm leaving. We, we, you know, Nate gets off of work. We leave the house in what I think is a reasonable amount of time to get from where we live to downtown Indianapolis <laughs> in time for the movie. Oh boy, was I wrong. I think we left probably what, like an hour in advance? 45 we minutes in, in advance? Yeah, we left an hour in advance because the game plan was, all right, we go pick up some snickety snacks, some healthy snacks, and we hide them in my big purse. Yeah. And then we, because people still care about that. Like like 13-year-old mentality, <laughs> Rachel's like, we've got to sneak this in. But in well, reality, I feel like you could probably walk I, into I a do, theater. I do want to make a, like, a little small statement about that. So I've said a couple of times in this podcast, like I'm very much anti-bootlegging. Like, like I, I, I'm fully, I believe in. You pay for what you're going to enjoy, right? Mm-hmm. Go to the movie theater. It's an event. It's a, it's a, it's time out of the house, you know. Mm-hmm. Or you buy the movie and you watch it at home. Like I'm fully committed to that premise. You want music? You buy that music, or you join a subscription service. Like you're old school, right? People deserve to get paid for their art. Right. However, mm. if I'm going to pay twenty two dollars to go see the Lost Boys. You bet your stinking bottom dollar, I am not buying snacks at the theater. I am not paying $6 for some stupid popcorn. I'm not going to pay 5 bucks for a box of Reese's Pieces. And I don't care what anybody says. Like, movie theaters... I got to stop you right there. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. You're not paying 5 bucks for a box of, you know, candy. You're not paying $6 for a thing of popcorn because you're paying $10 for popcorn. <laughs> you're paying seven fifty for that box right, of candy. Right. Like, it's not even as cheap. It's been so long since you've bought movie theater snacks. <laughs> Honey, you're talking 2010 prices. Like, it's I'm pretty enough. sure the inflation, that, that's gone up. Fair enough. Um, you know, all I have to say is, uh, you know, maybe movie theaters are making their money off of concessions, mm. but that's not something that I'm willing to to pay to buy into. Right. And um, one good thing that I can say about this movie theater, and I think this has been a hotly uh, debated topic on this podcast and in the Vampire podcast, um, I truly dislike a movie theater where people are allowed to eat meals in the theater. It's kind of an unpopular opinion. Yeah. Because a lot of people like that. Right. To me, eat your dinner after the movie. Or before. I, right. Or before. Uh, I I do not want to be in a movie theater where there is assigned seating, although this one did have it. And I understand why now so many theaters do have it. It's more about security than it is about, you know, bringing you a meal. But this, this theater, like, I think you could drink alcohol in this theater. I can't remember. But but they're not serving meals in this theater. And I'm fine with that. Again, I don't like a movie theater. To me, I'm going out to see a movie. Mm-hmm. When I'm done, I can go eat. Or before, I can go eat. Mm-hmm. Right? That's, that's, or have your snacks. Right. I don't like... I don't mind the crinkling of a snack. I don't mind the the sound of someone drinking. What I really don't like is a waiter walking past me with plates of food and hearing people eat 
while they're reclined in a chair. To me, it puts me too close to being in your living room. I don't want to be in your living room. I want to be in the movie theater watching the movie. Yeah. So that's just my little, my little piddly rant. It's other than that. All right. Well, thank you for sharing your opinion. You're with welcome. Us. You're welcome. That's what this is about. Yeah. I don't. I'm kind of indif- indifferent. Mm-hmm. I've had good experiences at movie theaters where there's a wait staff, and I've had bad experiences. And usually, when I've had bad experiences, it's just because been because the food is gross. Like, I mean, I'm sorry, but <laughs> right. no right. one has ever gone to Chili's and been like, oh, man, I absolutely could not get anything yummier or tastier anywhere else except this Chili's. Like, it's have you ever thing. had Chili at Chili's? No, have you? No, I, I don't know if they actually make Chili at Chili's, which yeah. seems weird to me. But yeah. anyways. But I'm saying, like, you, you, we walk into a Chili's, you know what you're getting. You walk yeah. into a Friday's, you walk into, like, a chain kind of American-style restaurant, you know what you're getting. You're not getting awesome food and I feel like I mean like it's not bad it is what it is though it's like maybe that's what you want maybe you're just like man I just really want some O'Charlie's uh bacon and cheddar cheese soup tonight that's fine (laughs) but I think you got to know when you go eat dinner at a movie theater even if it's a really nice movie theater you're, you're not getting like a great high quality meal you're getting like a kind of a mass marketed yeah. meal that someone's bringing out to you right. while you're watching a movie. Well, and for my money, I honestly, for the amount of money you spend, I'm kind of with you. I'm like, I'd rather go out to a restaurant, even if it's a chain restaurant, eat my food and then go see the movie, right. you know, or, or have snacks at the movie. But I, I really don't care. Like it, it's never detracted from my enjoyment of watching a movie. I have gone to those places and not ordered food though because it's like I don't want to eat your gross like right. ten dollar hamburger. Right. I don't. I you know I don't want to go and spend that much money. Like to me, going and seeing a movie is is an expensive endeavor, right? But yeah. but for me, why it's it's something that I I you know want to do in certain circumstances and I wanted to do in this circumstances because. Like the Lost Boys is a classic horror film, mm-hmm. right? And it's it's not only is it a classic horror film, it's something that was really a classic for me growing up. Like mm-hmm. it's one of the first, like it was a movie that was acceptable for me to watch, and it was acceptable for me to watch because there were kids in it, right? Mm-hmm. So my parents had no problem. Like I think growing up in in the eighties and being a kid in the eighties was was it has to have been different than it is now because. Like violence and sex were viewed differently back then. And I think this is a common thing that a lot of people talk about. But sex, when we were growing up, was like, if there's sex in this movie, you can't watch it, right? If there's graphic sex, mm-hmm. my parents were like, nope, can't watch it. Someday I'll tell you about the story how my mom accidentally let me watch The Crying Game when I was like <laughs> seven or eight years old. Well, yeah. yeah <laughs> but that, yes, that, that I one, agree with you. Yeah. That one may be very informative. That's, that's a one-off. Yeah. That's for another podcast. But but like violent movies, unless they were really, really extremely violent, they were okay. Mm-hmm. That Like, you know, horror movies and vampires, I, I think that like they, they didn't, they weren't as concerned for good or for bad, they weren't as concerned about us emulating like vampires tearing people apart as a little graphic, but looking at it now and watching that movie, like it's really campy. Like the horror is just like so ridiculously campy, mm-hmm. right? Thematically, like the, the, the feeling of the movie is not campy, right? Mm-hmm. It's it, like, it does evoke like a very dark, mysterious, like, you know, uh, slightly erotic kind of mentality, like, but it's the the exploding vampire horror at the end 
you're you don't watch that and go, oh my god, yeah, he's it's, seen it's, too much. It's almost like gross out humor. Right, right. Yeah. It's and it's just I think it's perfect for the time it was made, mm-hmm. and. You know, obviously, in retrospect, like, you know, buff, naked, oiled man playing saxophone. Or like, <laughs> you know, like there's a lot of things that. There's so much that I forgot because it had been so long since I'd seen it. I don't think I've seen it since college. It's probably been about a decade since I've seen it. But mm-hmm. I think the first time I saw it, it must have been around like 89 or 90. I probably saw it on VHS right. when someone I was around was babysitting me or a right. relative was watching it. Because I think I saw it about the same time. The Batman, the first Tim Burton Batman came out on VHS because I, I, I must have been like kindergarten, first grade. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time I saw Lost Boys and kind of like what you said, I think it was acceptable for me to watch it because the Corys were in it because right. kids were in it. There was teenagers. Right. Um, and so no one really. And the the one sex scene in the movie, there's like some kissing and then there's like. A sky montage where you're flying <laughs> through the sky and we're all to infer that amazing teenage coitus is happening. Yeah. And then they wake up in a bed next to each other. Um, but did you look it up? What year did it come it out? It came out 87. 87. So that yeah. makes sense that I probably saw it on VHS around 89, 90. Right. Um, and then, you know, I saw it a couple times throughout middle school and high school. We'd rent the movie. Or I, yeah. I remember... Um, the big thing, and I don't know if you ever did this, but like when I got my library card when I was like about 11 or 12 years old, you could rent so many movies from the library. Our library wasn't like that. Oh, really? I lived in, uh, at the time, I lived in Champaign-Urbana, and we had a really, I don't know how it is now, but when I was in junior high, we had a really good public library, and um, I would go and I'd rent movies, and it was so fun because like it was the first time in in my life where like I was independent and I could go to the library, I could get whatever movie I wanted to watch, bring it home and watch it. I think I rented like Total Recall like mm-hmm. five times in a row. Like I just checked it out so I could keep <laughs> I could keep it. Yeah, we <laughs> But yeah, I, I got it then on VHS. Our uh, our public library in the town where I grew up, like when this movie came out, I lived somewhere else than kind of like where I grew up. This mm-hmm. was the year that my brother was born. So I know I definitely didn't see this movie the year it came out. Mm-hmm. I might have been six years old. I think that's even still a little young. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I either saw it on VHS or saw it on cable. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't tell you the first time I saw it, but I know I've seen it a number of times. But the library where I grew up, the the movies that you could check out yeah. with your book, with your library card... Uh, they only offered educational. Oh, really? They had CDs uh-huh. that you could check out and cassette tapes that you could check out. And those weren't necessarily educational, but it seems like their movies were all purely educational documentaries and, uh, yeah, it was like VHS. But in the town where we grew up, there were two local uh, video stores, like, fa- like family-style video stores. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, so... Y- Every Friday night, you know, it was only a couple bucks to rent, like, some movies and, Mm -hmm. you know, video game. So, like, in walking distance, we could go there. But, um, you know, it was kind of like, all right, it's it's payday week, so let's go rent some movies and let's go rent some Nintendo games. Mm -hmm. And so I I would assume that's probably how I saw The Lost Boys the first time. And it probably would have been by the time it was on VHS, probably, like, 1989 or 1990. Mm -hmm. And so I would have been probably 10 or 11 years old. And by that time, like, you know, I, I was, I was a mature child in yeah. that regard. Like, I think you probably were older than me when you first saw it. Cause I, yeah, I remember probably I saw it when I was really little 
and it didn't make an impression, but I knew I'd seen it. And then mm-hmm. when I saw it again, when I was like in junior high, high school, I was like, oh. Yeah. And then watched it a couple times in college, but I never owned it. So mm-hmm. it's not something I wish I wish I had owned it because then it would have been in my like regular DVD rotation, like put in the background while you're cleaning or while you're studying yeah. or while you're doing whatever. But so interestingly enough, it's uh, it's also a movie that I I don't think I ever owned it. Um, and only because I, I don't, it just was never one that I, I went and purchased. Like, mm-hmm. but I've seen it probably, you know, we talked and you were like, oh, I've seen it probably like a half a dozen to 10 times. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've seen it more than that. Yeah. And um, for a movie like this, which is kind of like a cult classic in like the same vein as like um, um, Near Dark and like mm-hmm. other, you know, like Once Bitten, but like that movie's like kind of way more campy. Right. But there were, there were a lot of, uh, like vampire movies in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, though, I think was um, definitely appealed to like, you know, it's like teenagers, right? right. It's like it's like these are the kids that you want to be. Yeah, it made me hardcore nostalgic after watching yeah. it. Like, how did you feel walking out of that theater on the drive home? So I was really, really happy that I had watched it. Me too. Like there, there was so much about that movie that like, you know, at the time when you're a kid or you're a teenager, you're just like, oh, that's a good movie. But what I've, what I've been able to kind of discover over the last couple of months going and seeing Big Trouble in Little China, seeing The Room, seeing this in the theater, like, and this is something that I already knew, but it's something that I, I feel I have a much deeper respect for now. Mm-hmm. Like most of these movies from my childhood, I did not see in the theater. I did not see them on a large screen. Right. And there's something about watching a movie on on that large screen and kind of like the auditorium seating where everything just kind of hits you harder. Everything, yeah. you know, all of the beats are they're much more difficult to ignore or much more difficult to miss because the music and, you know, just the color and mm-hmm. how vivid it is. Like you watch a movie on TV, you know, it's like one of the things that we, we've done, like Bob and I and some of our, our friends, like you just throw a movie on and play a video game. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's just like a movie just playing in the background. Right. It's right. like the least committed you could be to a movie. Yeah. And it, it has almost no effect on you emotionally. But like going to a theater and sitting down in this dark room and just seeing like, you know, how wonderfully mm-hmm. uh Kiefer Sutherland acts and like how you know the the moods and just like the snarls and yeah. it's just like there is one point where uh after they become like they're kind of revealed to Michael the main character who they're trying to like recruit and turn into a vampire like after they become all vamped out um in the full like vampire makeup and there's one shot where Keith Kiefer Sutherland's character it's just like the screen is just his face his whole face and like seeing it on a tv it's like oh it's a vampire right. but then seeing it on the big screen you're like holy shit Kiefer Sutherland's a vampire like, <laughs> I mean, it's like huge and in your face yeah. and the makeup still kind of holds up after yeah. all this time and and I'll tell you like personally watching it you know I, I watch it with a certain like nostalgia but you know like, there's some definitely cheesy shit in there right mm-hmm. we, we talked about the um, the guy playing the saxophone <laughs> and, you know and the you know he's just he's just jacked like just yeah. built to the gills and wearing chains and all that he's all greased up and here's the thing (laughs) as as dated and cheesy as it is like watching that i was still like yeah 
you know, it was like <laughs> being in a place in time, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, where, where that wasn't cheesy, where like in today's lens, it's like totally just like goofy and, right. and it's not cool at all. Mm-mm. But something about seeing it in the theater and seeing it on that big screen, it was really like my, my responses were more a fondness for that in right. its place and time and less of like, okay, this is corny and, and dorky. But here's the thing. I feel like at the time when it came out, and when you say 87, mm-hmm. probably people weren't watching it thinking it was corny and dorky. No, people were probably right. like, this is a fun popcorn movie. This is a fun popcorn horror movie. Even now, after what, like 30 years, 31 years, I feel like you can watch that movie. And if you're watching it and you're paying attention to the dialogue and everything that's going on in the movie, it is very self-aware. Yeah. It's a movie that knows that it's cheesy. It's right. a movie that knows that it's campy. Even the jokes that are written in, you're kind of like, oh, they get it. Even the, yeah. the end, the very end of the movie, which I don't know if we want to spoil or not, but even the very end of the movie, you you said it on the way home. You're like, it's almost like the whole movie is a punchline, right? Or I like like the whole movie is a joke, and the last line delivered yeah. is it's, a punchline. It's line. all it's all set up for yeah. like it's it's like ninety minutes of setup for like one joke, one, one joke. offhand joke at the end, one line of dialogue, and yeah. Uh, yeah so I, I think that for me, this movie comes from an era, and in fact has a lot of the same actors. Um, where like you know I'd already seen um, I'd already seen the Goonies mm-hmm. and. Um, um, Stand by Me, mm-hmm. and you know, Stand by Me has like some of the same characters. Like Kiefer Sutherland in this time, I think that there was something about him that was just so like magnetic and mm-hmm. just so like obviously talented and raw about him. Like right. being able to play like these kind of like like let's face it, in The Lost Boys, he's got a fucking mullet and a dorky fucking jacket, and, yeah. But it's like. It's just something about his charisma and his presence on the screen Mm -hmm. that just allows you to buy into it. And at the same time, I feel like... And he's a good actor. Even like back then when he was first getting kind of started out and making a name for himself, you know, kind of trying to separate himself from his dad. He's a good actor. I mean... I I, I think that one criticism that I can definitely give to this movie, um, but I think it's a little bit forgiven due to the like kind of self-awareness of it. But Mm -hmm. one criticism that I can give is that Kiefer Sutherland's character is the basically the sole focus of the vampires, mm-hmm. and um, basically none of the other vampires are 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 more than just like kind of cheesy laughter. Like yeah. that, that's basically all they do. They just kind of like cheesily laugh, and um, so it's like we know all kinds of things about David, but we don't know anything about like Marco or mm-hmm. like any of the other vampires. They're just kind of like also dressed in a Motley Crue esque sort of yeah. way. And um, that his, was his entourage. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's a little disappointing. Mm-hmm. But but even that concept, like I, I like to frame this in regards to like my experience playing Vampire the Masquerade. And because most of these movies, I find a direct line between, you know, the, the like the 80s movies and mm-hmm. like early 90s movies and that game. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in a lot of ways, thematically, it's a it's a complete duplicate. Mm-hmm. Now those vampires are not the same as what you play in this game. Right. Totally different. Maybe not. Maybe. Like there's no flying. Staking them doesn't kill them. You know. Right. It's like so. So the vampire tropes are, right. are different, but the theme of like the you know never get old and mm-hmm. and you know 
young forever and kind of like terrorizing the the countryside. Mm -hmm. Those are very similar themes. And so looking back at it now, it's even stranger. Seeing this movie as a kid, you know, you think like, oh, these are like adults. And now, like, yeah. I'm much older than them. And yeah. It's like, wow, like, it really is a different perspective yeah. once you're older than them. Yeah. I think when, when you're kind of relating it back to the game, there's a part in the movie after there's, like, the big reveal of, like, we are vampires. And they're trying to initiate Michael uh, and to get him fully on board. And the way that, you know, you fully become a vampire is after you make your first kill. And so they go and stalk this group of um, bikers who I think earlier in the evening had committed a crime. I can't remember. Stole some comic books from the the comic book shop. No, that was the, the guy Brothers. who got pulled out of the car. Oh yeah, that's right. But yeah. I feel like the maybe maybe the bonfire of people was just like random. Yeah, I don't but know. I remember that Aerosmith and Run DMC was playing. <laughs> yeah. uh, that was like part of the soundtrack. So anyway, so. David goes and and the other three vampires with him go and they're like attacking them and that's probably like the most gory bloody part of the whole movie. Um, like there's like you know one guy's getting his face ripped off and they rip off his arm and there's like all this blood and everything and they're like fully vamped out and I was like okay all right that's pretty graphic and then I'm sitting there thinking about it I'm like I mean that's like your first sabat pack right there that's your first sabat pack. Let's talk a little bit about um, how this was different than like a typical screening of the movie. Yeah. Well, I think it's important to kind of tell the story of how we got to the theater because it sets up for how surprised we were about how this is different. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, I thought we were going to have plenty of time to get there. And we totally would have had there not been so much going on in downtown Indianapolis that yeah. day. So this was a Saturday so you, I already mentioned you had the Horror Hound convention. So there were a lot of people in downtown Indy for a convention. There was a lot of cosplay going on. There were a lot of people milling about. You could see people with vendor badges on. So we get to like kind of the, the, the gateway of downtown and traffic gets real bad. And there's cops directing traffic. I'm like, what is going on? Well, through context clues and seeing various types of people, we come to gather that not only is there this horror convention going on downtown, there's also just completed some type of 5K that involved copious amounts of alcohol because I see a lot of people wearing like shirts that say tequila 5K or something. I think it was like a margarita. Margarita, yeah. yeah. Like So um, I, I was like, okay, this is clearly not a serious like let's raise money for some illness 5K because there was a lot of like let's – Let's be honest, unfit people. There were some fit people, but there were a lot of people well, who didn't look like they do mini 5Ks. So, so one, <laughs> one thing that stuck out to me was watching people who um, had done the 5K. They had like the number badges on their back. Like we, mm -hmm. this was, it, it was over. Right. And they were kind of like, people were milling about mm -hmm. and, and leaving. And this is all happening like very, very close to the state museum that we're trying to get to. Right. And, and see, but like seeing someone with a badge and the T-shirt and like they had participated and they're like standing there smoking. smoking. And I'm like, yeah, really? Yeah. So this was this was not a 5K for a cause. I think it was more for fun, which is awesome. Fine. Go have your fun on your weekend. But like I'm like okay, so there's some kind of 5K going and it's on. It's like two blocks from the JW Marriott, which is yeah. where the conventions. Yeah, at. so I didn't know about it, but like I hope everybody who went had a great time. 
it was stopping us from getting to the movie. So I was just like kind of seething in silent anger until it just kept taking forever. And I'm like looking at the clock. I'm like, we're going to be late for this movie. Like we're probably going to miss like some of it. I don't know. And Nate's like, that's fine. We're in the car. You're in the car with me. And he's like trying to be cheery and upbeat. I know if the roles were reversed, you would have been like, what the fuck? Oh, yeah, because I'm in the passenger seat of the car. I don't have to drive. I just have to sit and wait to get there, right? So I'm like trying to do some like calm breathing exercises. And then I see the worst thing I could see. And I know why traffic is backed up so badly. We're in the right lane. Yeah. Uh, I see people in Colts jerseys. And I'm like, Oh no. Yeah. There's a preseason football game tonight. Yeah. And a horror convention. And they just got done with some big fun outdoor sporting type event. Oh my God. And what would normally have taken us maybe five minutes of driving took 20 minutes of driving. I left in time to get us there a half an hour early so we could pick a seat, so we could sit and chat and enjoy, like, whatever, you know. We ended up getting there. Like, the movie started at 7.30. I think we got there at 7.40. Yeah, we didn't miss a lot of the movie. We didn't miss a lot of the movie. So we go in. Luckily, there's still some good seats left. It's an IMAX theater, so it's very large, and it wasn't full, so we were lucky and, you know, you know, I don't know what I was. I wasn't expecting it to be full, but I was expecting there to be a good number of people there. And there were, but there were still, it's like IMAX. You, you There's no bad seat. Right. Like there's, <clears throat> if you're sitting on the side or if you're sitting in the middle, I mean, it's still, you're seeing a yeah. movie on IMAX. It's not, it's not a, it's not an IMAX viewing yeah. of the film, but it's on an IMAX screen. And I will admit that on the drive there, I was, I was not a perfect human. I did get very angry. <laughs> It was it was a stressful driving situation, white knuckling the steering wheel. But anyways, I think um, what we when we got there, we sat down. It was, we were about ten minutes yeah, late. It was in progress, and I think that um, what we missed was probably like what Night Owl was, right? It was right. not something that I was familiar with. It was the introduction to the evening to the production, right? Mm-hmm. So so we get in and and we're watching the film, and it starts to play, and and you know it's, it's you know everybody just moved into Grandpa's house and Santa Clara, and then. Like it, it's, it goes to black, right? It's it's like a changeover, but then like the scene starts over again and I'm like, what is going on? And then like it pauses and the, the, the actor, whomever it is that like portrays Night Owl, he starts talking. And at first, like I fully will admit, I was like, what the fuck is going on here? So maybe we should explain a little bit more about like what Night Owl is. Yeah. I I don't, I don't actually know uh, that much about it. So I think it's like, I don't know much about it either, but. Based on what we saw, I think the Night Owl was sort of like maybe a production company that was putting on the the movie as like a special event. And then so there was probably an introduction, and we definitely missed it, kind of setting up like, this is what Night Owl Theater is. Um, And then I would say every 20 minutes into the movie where there was like a, a reasonable place to do it, there was a break in the movie and then they would have like a little like interlude where the guy from Night Owl Theater would come in and, and talk talk to you for a little bit and give you some trivia about the movie or the actors in the movie. And so the first time that this happened, like, you know, there was just kind of like a pivotal point in the movie. And then there's like a little like hiccup. And then all of a sudden you're watching the same scene that you just saw again, but it's 
it's kind of different. It looks like it's been edited. And then they freeze it. And then this, this guy's face appears on a comic book. And he's like, wow, Night Owl Theater. And he's kind of giving you some trivia and some facts about the movie. And then so, Nate, you were saying like the first time that it happened, you were like, what? Yeah, I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, I, I was a little annoyed because I was like, oh, what, you know, was this like a commercial for like a thing that's in the middle of the movie? And so I was like, I was like a little annoyed, but um, I mean, the information that was shared, whatever it was at the time, I don't remember. It was just trivia. Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, that's that's kind of cool. Like, OK, uh, you know, for, it was like, what is this shit? Yeah. And then it was like, oh, okay. and then as it like kind of finished and wrapped up, I'm like, and then they, they kind of finished the little trivia piece. And then there was a picture from like the Horror Hound convention. And then it said, uh, now returning you to your movie from Night Owl Theater. And there was like a little like still um and and I was like, oh, this is part of the the, the yeah, experience. It like kinda, okay. it kinda reminded me of like um Up All Night. You remember yeah. do you remember Up yeah, All yeah. Night? And like Elvira. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um or um in Chicago, um we have uh like Sven Gulli. Like that was like a, a I thing. know what you're talking about, yeah. but so yeah. um it, it kinda reminded me of that. So mm-hmm. like when I when it first like cut in, I was like, How dare you interrupt my movie? But then I was like, I've seen this movie so many fucking times. Like, it's totally okay. It's yeah. just like a, you know, to me, the fact that you do a little interesting kind of interlude and mm-hmm. give some trivia, like, that creates a new experience for people who have seen the movie before but are looking to go out and see it in the theater in a new and dynamic way, right? It makes right. sense to, like, have something like that. Yeah. And it, to be fair, this type of movie, it made sense. Like, now, if I was going to go see The Godfather in the theater and someone was interrupting every 20 minutes to give me trivia about The Godfather and Francis Ford Coppola and, and you know, um, Marlon Brando, I'd probably be like, no, 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 no. That's like putting ketchup on a perfectly cooked steak. We don't need to do that. <laughs> <laughs> right. But it's the Lost Boys. Like, you know, it's 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 a popcorn movie. Right. Um, I, I don't know the specific details around Night Owl again. Uh, like, we didn't really do any research into it, but... Um, we literally I, were like, oh, this is happening. Let's go to this. Right. And, yeah. and and someone had mentioned on Twitter, I think, that um, like they had they had seen uh, a Night Owl theater showing of so- something else in Ohio. But anyways, I'm not really sure about it. If anybody wants to, if anybody's listening to this and knows like better details about it, definitely share it with us because, um, you know, it was it was interesting and it was entertaining. And it really, you know, I felt really good about having seen the movie afterwards. Like I really, it was a, I don't know that I can properly describe how enjoyable it was. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, again, it's a movie that I've seen, you know, half a dozen dozen times mm-hmm. but it was the first time i ever saw it in the theater and to me it was it was a completely unique experience um and you know i i i love indie because it seems like this kind of thing is is common like being able to go see cult movies and you know the arts theater and stuff like that that's all stuff that i really enjoy and i feel like the size of this city is small enough that it's not an ordeal every time you want to you know chicago has shit like this too Mm -hmm. it's just the problem is you have to go to the city 
to, to, to experience it. You have to go to Chicago. Mm-hmm. And anybody that, that has lived around Chicago right. knows that it's a process. Right. And it's like the most I had to complain about was being stuck in traffic for 20 minutes. <laughs> right. That's nothing. Right. No, right? no. That's... I was losing my shit over 20 minutes. Right. You didn't have to like go down the Dan Ryan or <laughs> yeah. like, you know, fight for 25 minutes right. to find parking. I'd park my car and then take a train for half an hour right. or 40 minutes. And come, to... come back to your car and find there's a boot on it because you didn't pay at the right parking right. you know it's yeah. just like like we didn't even have to pay for parking right the museum charges for parking but like if you're going to see a movie they validate your parking right. you don't pay anything for parking right. so it's like because it's so convenient mm-hmm. like that i think is a really big like indiana indianapolis really needs to make an effort not to lose that right like the, how convenient it is to get to things that are in the city as opposed to like bigger cities where it's like, oh yeah, you know, this is playing at such and such theater Mm -hmm. on the fucking South side that you've got to drive 40 minutes in the city to even get to, Mm -hmm. you know, to me, like just hitting a road and going and seeing it at the, like the arts theater or going and seeing it at, you know, a a theater downtown, like so much easy. It's, it's something you can do on a weekend and then Mm -hmm. on the way home stop and grab some food and yeah which is what we did we got some pretty good salads we were feeling healthy and uh got some salads and came home and i just like so you you talked a lot about how the the movie made you feel and i also had like the same sort of nostalgia feeling i think but not for my own nostalgia because i was not a teenager in the 80s right but like that movie kind of hit me like and reminded me of like being a teenager because the, the freedom and, you know, the idea of, like, you know, being young and rebellious. But, you know, that wasn't really – I mean, I was never really rebellious, but right. I was young. But that movie kind of gave me a taste for that nostalgia. And we were driving home, and it was kind of late. It was humid, but it was cool enough that, we you know, I could have the windows down in the car. And I'm just driving with you at night. And I was driving because I know my way around the city better. And I was just, like, got to a red light, and I looked over at Nate, and I was like, I just saw – a movie that I really love with a boy who I think is really cool and who likes me a lot. And it's like a summer night and it's like such a nice drive home. And it was, there was like that smell of ozone in the air, like after it just rains on hot asphalt, you know? And I was just like, and it's just like the perfect summer night. This was the perfect date. And I was just like, I was so satisfied. I was so glad that we went and saw that movie and I had so much fun with you and, I'm really glad that we got to go see it together. Oh, I, I'm glad too. Uh, yeah. I think it was I'm a, super glad that you 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 found out about it. And yeah, really... I, I it was a great it was a really great time. Yeah. I don't think I can uh, overemphasize that. But I'm I'm looking on here, and um um so so the host uh, is Fritz, mm-hmm. um and it looks like they they do a bunch of these different like night owl um, presentations like RoboCop. Um, like Friday, August 31st. Um, and that at is at the state theater. No, or just no, around it's, the country. This, so this is a, this one's in Columbus, Ohio. Okay. So, so, uh, I don't know this for sure, but as I'm sort of like doing my uh, off the cuff investigations here, mm-hmm. it looks like, um, uh, they, they do them in a couple of different locations, but this, so this one is at the state theater. It's plan nine from outer space and that's in London, Ohio. Mm-hmm. So it might be that these folks are centralized out of Ohio and maybe they just, you know, they take their show on the road occasionally, mm-hmm. you know, presenting 
So like yeah. Wayne's World, Saturday, September 8th awesome. at the Studio 35. Yeah. So it looks like they primarily are out of Ohio. Yeah. Well, maybe you include like a link to the website or whatever yeah. in the yeah. show notes. And I think then... it's, uh, I think the website is fritzlives.com. Fritzlives.com. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, cool. so check out, check out like Night Owl. I thought it was a great experience. Yeah, and they had super a bunch fun. of, a bunch mm-hmm. of cool trivia and uh, just like funny presentation of like when they would do the cutaways and mm-hmm. like how they would kind of put his face into scenes of the movie. So yeah, it was a lot of fun. And plus, we got to see a movie that we really, truly enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I look forward to more stuff like that um, as the year goes by. Yeah, me too. We had a good time. Um, I think I don't have anything else to say. I mean, like <laughs> fair enough, we, fair we had a great time. And Lost Boys, you know, if you've not seen it in a long time, it, it I don't I don't know if I can say it holds up. But it does. I don't think it ever was better than it is now. No, I mean, you know, know, it's a little bit of a, it's a little bit corny in places and it's a little bit campy. Yeah. um, But, you know, there's no CGI in it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I feel like that uh, movies that existed before CGI, Mm -hmm. I feel like they have a different kind of feel. Right. You know, the horror in it requires makeup and effort Mm -hmm. and, and planning and yeah, I really, I really uh, enjoyed it, and um, yeah, if you guys get the chance, you know, you you should take the time to go see an old favorite movie, an old classic movie in the theater. Yeah, I because agree. I, I can say seeing the room in the theater was one of the best experiences I've ever had in a movie theater, right. and that's a movie that is objectively terrible. Right. <laughs> and seeing Big Trouble in Little China in the theater, like I had never seen that in the movie theater. I was way too young when that came out, and that like just reinvigorated my love for that movie yeah. because it was a different way of seeing it that I just had never experienced. And, and too, I feel like we're kind of, we live in a world where, you can pull it up on Netflix and watch it, or you can get it on demand, and it's been out for a week, you know? But there really is something special about going and seeing a movie in a movie theater. Yeah. yeah. You just, you can't get it anywhere else. Yeah. It's, it's, you it's, can't get that experience anywhere it's else. It's nearly unreplicatable. Replicable? Re- nearly uh, impossible to reproduce. There you go. Words are hard. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, in, in, I mean, you know, you could have a ton of money and build a theater in your living room, but even that mm-hmm. doesn't have the same experience yeah. as going to like... You could have that shared experience. Yeah. That's the thing too, is like the shared experience of seeing a movie. There are movies that I saw where they were scarier because I was in a theater with other people who were afraid. They were funnier because mm-hmm. I was in a theater with other people who were willing to laugh. Right. Or they were more exciting. Well, and the three movies yeah. that come to mind, The Blair Witch Project, Guardians of the Galaxy 1, and Bridesmaids. Yeah. Those movies are scary, funny, exciting, but because I saw them in a theater that had a lot of other people in them and I had that shared experience that really changed the mark that the movie right. made on me. Well, and, and the other thing too, I think that is um, is something that a lot of people don't talk about, um, maybe they don't consider, mm-hmm. is th- the experience you have with your your friends, the assembled people that you watched it with after the movie, mm. right? It's like we watch a movie here at home and we're like, all right, that movie's over, let's go to bed, right? you know? Um, or you're like, Hey, let's talk about that. And people are like, "Eh, what what else is going on? Mm -hmm. But when you go see a movie in the theater, what's the one thing you always do afterwards? You You talk about it. Immediately. You're, you don't want to be the asshole that spoils it for the people waiting in line to see the next show, but you can't help it. You want to talk about it. Like, like there's, there's one 
there's one movie, one director who I will often go see the movie by myself and then watch it again with can friends. Can I guess it? You can. Is it Quentin Tarantino? I've, it is. I've said, I've, said it, I've said it on this podcast okay. before. But um, usually I'll go see the movie, whatever the new movie is uh, that he comes out with, I'll go see it first by myself because it's a different experience, right? I'm, I'm, you know, I guess if Francis Ford Coppola were, were making movies right now or, you know, if the, somebody else like a big famous movie director were making movies like that, I, I would do the same. But I want to go and digest it the first time. Mm-hmm. I want to I want to see it with a blank slate mm-hmm. and I want to let it roll around in my head. Mm-hmm. Then I want to have that experience with my friends mm-hmm. where I can talk about it because I've seen it once. I, I know what the story was. I was able to follow the threads. Mm-hmm. And then the second time I see it, it's for fun. Right. You know, it's it's for the joy of seeing the movie. And, you know, now everybody can talk about it and da, da, da. I don't, I don't know why I developed it with, with Tarantino, but like, I, like. You want to have an intimate, personal relationship with his art. I do. I yeah. do. I, I, and I, I, I get it. <laughs> I, I feel like, you know, if, if, you know, some of the other, like, really famous directors were doing movies mm-hmm. still, I, you know, I would do the same thing. But, um, you know, I don't, I don't do that with an Avengers film. I don't do that with, like, an X-Men movie. Like, to me, it's all, it's all fun all the time. Mm-hmm. Let's go and see shit blow up. Right. But with a really good movie, I want to experience it myself. But the, the act of discussing it afterwards and going like, oh, yeah, and what about that scene? And, oh, you know, da, da, da. Mm-hmm. like that's a whole experience you don't have in your home. Usually, no. Yeah. Usually it's like, oh, OK, thanks for coming over. And, you know, everybody's got to go to work tomorrow. Oh, that was, yeah, that was a good movie. Yeah, All right. yeah. Oh, All right. We'll see you later. Right, cool. But, yeah, there is something about that shared experience of, of going outside of your house to go see a movie. Right. And yeah. And also the same can be said about bad movies, right? Oh yeah. Like like when we went and saw Ultraviolet, which is probably one of the worst movies I've ever seen in the theater. Okay. The conversations afterwards were monumental. <laughs> like they were just as good as the conversations <laughs> after a good movie, right? Okay. So I, I think it's I think it's a good idea every once in a while just go see a movie that's a pile of shit. Mm-hmm. Because afterwards, someone's getting the blame. For taking everybody <laughs> to see a bad movie. Yeah, usually in my friend group, that's been me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I think there is a lot to be said about seeing a really good movie in the theater, seeing like a Dunkirk or something like that, mm-hmm. like where, where you're like, oh my gosh, like this is really intense. Mm-hmm. That's one of the favorite movies I've seen in the last year. But the same could be said, like every once in a while, go see an Adam Sandler movie. Yeah. You know? But go with your friends right. and talk about it afterwards. Well, uh, so real quick before we wrap up, mm-hmm. um, I have an idea of an older movie that from childhood that I like that I would love to see in theaters that I never have. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else around that era or something you've never seen in theaters that you'd really like to see? Around what uh, era? Like, like, like that came out before you could go see it in theaters, oh. or that you missed it oh my when God. it was in there's theaters. Like, there's like thousands of them. I like I've named like three movies right off the top of my head in this podcast mm. that I'd like. I'd love to see Stand by Me. Mm. I'd love to see The Goonies. I'd love to see Back to the Future in the theater. Oh, that, I'd love yeah. to see uh, The Thing in the theater. Like, I mean. There's there like every movie that came out. You know what? Between 1980 well, and 1990. Right. Yeah. Like, but the one that bubbles up to the top for me, number one, I would drop whatever I was doing. I would pay an embarrassing amount of money to see it. Ghostbusters. Oh my God. Ghostbusters. That's it. I wish I could see Ghostbusters in the theater. Well, you know, I we should figure out like if there's a way to arrange such things. <laughs> <laughs> like I feel like I'm just throwing this out there. 
I'm not saying that this is in our future. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I can't read the no, future. No, like, wait, there's no. But, but I don't ever want to have a wedding. <laughs> but we should spend serious bank to arrange to have a Ghostbusters plane. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. people spend like twenty, thirty thousand dollars on weddings, forty, yeah. fifty thousand dollars on weddings. It would be much to cooler see, to see Ghostbusters in a theater. With our friends, uh, yeah, I would pay serious. Would cool. I would pay serious would cool. top dollar to see Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters two right, right. back to back. Like I, I pointed behind you, but like I, I would love to see the Warriors in the theater. Oh yeah, right. That's a movie I want to see. Taxi Driver in the theater. Oh. I want to see Goodfellas in the theater. Yeah. I, I, you know, I want to see Casino in the theater. Like these are movies I, I was too young. Mm-hmm. It just didn't happen. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I, I I would love to see Pulp Fiction in the theaters. Like that, even that, I was too young I was young too young, yeah, yeah. Terminator 2, I would. F- did you see two Terminator 2? You were old enough. I, w- I was old enough, but I did not see it in the theater. Oh, I would love to see that in a theater. I saw it on, my parents got it on pay-per-view mm-hmm. <laughs> for my birthday one year. But I never, I never got to see it in the theater. But I'd love to. I saw Terminator 3 in the theater. Not but the Terminator same. 2 is like the shit. Yeah. Like, all right. So whoever's out there. We need to get together and we need to arrange ways to get these movies. There's probably people like I feel like this is happening. Mm-hmm. This is probably happening like every night in yeah. like L.A. Yeah, yeah. Or like probably some places in Chicago right. or New right. York. Right. Well, but you know, we don't live in those places. We need to bring this. We need to bring <laughs> this kind of joy to uh, Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. We need because Big Trouble in Little China is awesome. Lost mm-hmm. Boys was awesome. But I, I, I would take off work. To go see Ghostbusters in the theater. Yeah. Yeah. I would take a whole vacation day to make that happen. <laughs> well, uh, here's to keeping our fingers crossed. I mean, you know, there's there's mm-hmm. a lot of things that you have to contemplate when right. you're trying to like get right. involved in that stuff. But anyways, yeah, we, we don't know. But hey, if you got yeah. if you got a way to make it happen, you should do it. And or let if us know. you know of a way that it's happening, maybe let us know. All right. If you're still listening. Right. Because <laughs> I, I think more than anything else, and I, I I've come to this conclusion, like I love gaming. I love it. I love video games. I love music. But what really makes me sort of groove, what kind of like touches me are movies. Like I love movies, I think more than anything. Mm. You know, movies really, it's just like, it's such a visual art. And like, it's every, it's all the cool shit I like all in one. It's, you know, you need artists, physical artists to storyboard. You need somebody who understands music and the visual medium. And you need somebody who can operate a camera. And it's just like, it's, it's to me, movies are the last thing that's magic in this world. Mm. And yeah. So anyways, that's it. I got nothing else to say. This podcast is freaking over. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, Next podcast, we will have our man, Bob. Yay, Bob. And uh, thank you, Rachel, for sitting across the table and recording a podcast with me. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah. So um, if you have more information about uh, Fritz the Night Owl or a way we can see Ghostbusters in the theater <laughs> in, a, in, a, in an easily accessible locale, right. just uh, send us an email um, or leave us some comments right here on utilitymuffinlabs.com. Until next week, I am Nathan. And I am not Bob. <laughs> we'll talk to you later. Hey folks, this is Nathan from utilitymuffinlabs.com. 
If you enjoyed the Nerd Words podcast, think about supporting us. For more podcasts, art, videos, and gaming, go to utilitymuffinlabs.com. Follow our podcast on Twitter at Utility Muffins, on Instagram and Facebook under our Utility Muffin Labs name, and support us on YouTube at Utility Muffin Labs. Check out our other gaming-related podcasts, 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade, and check out our Playing Hooky podcast coming soon. Thank you all for your support. Utility Muffin Labs, consistently rated adequate.